You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 124 with Annie Dickerson. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Can I just tell you guys that I'm super excited to have Annie here today? So we are going to be talking about real estate investing, especially passive real estate investing. And you might be thinking, what in the world is that? I didn't really understand what that is. And that's why I wanted to have her come on. And so she really broke it down for us, what that looks like and how we can do it. And so I just want to challenge you guys to really think about all of this and think about stuff outside of the box when it comes to investing, right? We do 401ks and Roth IRA and all that kind of jazz. But this is a whole different thing. And I'm just not sure if people are even familiar with this. And if you're not, this is why I wanted to have Annie on the show to explain it all to us. So I hope this inspires you to think outside of the box when it comes to your future and investing. And I hope you walk away thinking, you know what, I may be able to do this. Before we jump into the show, though, I want to let you know that this show is brought to you by Lean. So this is a program that I came across last year, and I absolutely love it. So it has helped me to maintain my weight loss during the holidays, which we all know is not an easy task, and it's helped me to lose some unwanted pounds. This program has also motivated me to start working out again, and I loved working out in the past. But you guys know as being a mom, it's hard to sometimes prioritize that. And it kind of fell off the bandwagon. But getting back on and doing Lean, which is a seven-week online weight loss program, you can check it out on episode 112 if you missed that. Um, That's the first, that's the part one of the series, the four-part series. Um, You can check it out and you can see what it's all about um, without even buying it. And it's truly amazing. And I feel like it fits around mom's lifestyles and you don't feel deprived and you definitely see results. I have friends that are doing it and absolutely love it. And even better, Amanda, the one who created this program, is giving Mom Inspired Show listeners a special discount code. So you don't want to miss that. Annie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Amber. I'm so excited to have this chat. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker about travel. I am a travel agent, so I just love asking guests where their favorite vacation spot is and why. And this can be with or without kids. Oh my gosh, I love this question. And I've been a lot of places. And I would say one of my favorite places to go was Japan. Um, I We went for my 30th birthday, and we had intended to go on the Nakasendo Trail, which is this old trail between these Japanese um, villages. And what happened was when we got there, we um, started off in Kyoto. And we did so much walking that first day, I was like, no way, I can't walk this (laughs) Nakasendo trail for days on end. No, we're not doing that. So we replanned the entire trip and we did Kyoto and Osaka and Tokyo. And it just completely blew me away, not only the food and the places to see, but the culture. And I was just in such shock that there's so many people, but they there's such a harmony and a zen throughout everything there. So I just, I love it. It's unlike anywhere else. Yeah. So were you nervous though about eating the food? I feel like a lot of Americans are kind of like, eh, to when they go to China, they go to Japan or Vietnam, any of those places that they're just kind of not 
see, you're in California, which we'll jump into in a minute. Um, so there's, I feel like a lot more Asian cuisine over there. So here in Nashville, <laughs> I'm always looking for Chinese restaurants besides P.F. Chang's. I'm like, okay, people, this is not Chinese. <laughs> and so, uh, um, and so, um, you know, a lot of people who don't have that, I think they get a little bit like nervous that these foods are going to be so unique and kind of like not what they're used to, especially if they do like their mm-hmm. burgers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Was that hard for you or was that easy? Yeah, you know, it's funny you bring that up because I think part of my background is, you know, I, I've lived all over the place. I was actually born in Beijing, China, and then we moved to Iowa, of all places, Interesting. and then <laughs> New, Jer- New Jersey, and then I lived in Tennessee for a bit in Memphis, Oh wow! and then Philadelphia and D.C., and then Vancouver, British Columbia, and now we live in Oakland, California, as you mentioned. And so throughout all of this, you know, I got to try a ton of different food. And Mm. that's something that I always make it a point to do when I travel. You know, could I, is there a risk of me getting sick? Yes. And it's (laughs) happened before. But would I regret it if I didn't try it? Most likely, yes. Because who knows when I'm going to be able to go back to that place again. So for sure. Yeah. That's always what's on my mind. So is it the food that you ate? Like, was it off a stand or something like that that made you sick? Like, like, how would you? How would you be more prepared in regards to eating food that wouldn't make you sick versus like, oh, this is probably straight up going to make you sick, but you're going to do it anyways? Hmm. That's a good question. I I don't know that I could pinpoint back exactly the mm. times I remember being sick. I don't remember exactly what sure. caused it. Um, so yeah, I would say just go with your gut feeling about, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not a place is good to eat at. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if it looks interesting, give it a, give it a try. You never <laughs> well, know. I mean, you might be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> well, why I say that, um, and I'm going to have to rein myself in with the travel. If you've listened to my shows, you know that I can easily just divert with the travel. And then I'm always like, okay, that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> um, but I always do love because the travel agent in me loves to serve people with travel stuff. Um, you know, we were talking about this before we started the show that you like that I say that um, I want the Mama's Bird show to feel like we're in a coffee house and, you know, you want to be part of a conversation that you're not, but you wouldn't do that in person. So, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have a lot of people in their lives that have traveled international. So I think that if I think of the question, I'm thinking somebody else is probably thinking of the question and I, it drives me nuts when I'm listening to something and I'm like asking the question in the car and I'm like, ask this question, ask this question. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so, um, so here's, here's two things that stand out to me. I saw um, a friend of mine, she just got back from Belize. She posted a picture of herself with no makeup saying, I'm so sick, I guess, like drinking Belize water was not good for me. And then I've seen people go to India and they they call it something about um, their stomach, their Mm. India tummy or something like that. And so that's why I'm always like, so like when you go to Mexico, they are really strict. Like they really are like, Mm -hmm. do not drink this water. Right. Right. So, but that's not as clear as what you're saying in regards to when you ate in Japan, it wasn't something that you're like, Oh man, I probably did eat that. And they said, you need to be careful. Nothing stands out to you. It just must have been something that you were eating and then, and, and then you got sick. 
Right. And to be clear, on that particular Japan trip, I did not get sick. But I have been sick, yes, on other trips to Asia, Mexico. Um, And so, yeah, it wasn't that Japan trip in particular. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. I mean, it it is hard. Um, It's like you want to experience things at the same time. I mean, it's the worst feeling sick when you're not at home. And so, mm-hmm. um, and so speaking Definitely. of this, we, before we jump into the show, but I wanted to tell uh, the audience this because I, I think it'd be so fun to bring you on after you do this experience. Yes. Um, so why don't you share with everybody what you're doing this summer? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this. Amber, you know. Um, So we are doing a home exchange for the first time. And so me, my husband, our two kids, and even my mom is coming too. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, we are going to be spending um, a month out in Basque country in Spain. And so... Basically, how the home exchange works is um, we just used homeexchange.com. We put up our home and we said, here are some dates that we're looking at and here are some places we're looking to travel. And we happened to find another family also with young kids and they were looking to come here to the San Francisco Bay Area. And so it worked out perfectly. And so we are going to go live in their house for a month and they are going to come and live in our house for a month. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, so exciting. So I was telling Annie before that I feel like it'd be so fun to have her back on. So keep that in mind, you guys, um, that she's going to go in the summer. I just I was telling her like, yeah, I want to know the details. Like, was your house damaged afterwards? (laughs) Like, how was all of that? Like, were you like nervous? And so um, I think it'll be fun to just hear the experience, the pros, the cons, what Mm -hmm. you thought of it. Would you do it again? So um, I just think that would be neat. And so I'm excited for you to go. Uh, When did you say you're going again? The whole month of July. Mm, okay, awesome. All right, so let's get into the show and and talk about why you're actually here. Um, so, yeah. how about you share with everybody your first and last name? You shared with us that you are from California, and um, mm-hmm. but how old are your kids? And then we'll jump into how you got to where you are today. Sure. My name is Annie Dickerson, and I am the co-founder and managing partner at a company called Good Egg Investments, and we help people invest passively in real estate, which we'll talk about in a bit, I'm sure. And I have two young boys. They are um, six and three. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Yeah, you know... So I had Natalie Morris on the show, and I'm totally blanking on what episode that is. But you guys, if you want to hear after Annie's episode, um, something similar to this, um, definitely check out Natalie Morris. Um, So when I had her on, I feel like so many people kind of reached out to me. They're like, oh my gosh, it was so fun to hear her show. And, you know, it made me think differently. And so when you reached out to me, I thought this is perfect. I feel like especially as women, like you talked about, that this is really good for us to hear. And again, it's like, if you're not around people that are doing this, you know, you may not be exposed to this kind of information. And so I wanted to bring this onto the show. Um, So how about you share with us um, how you got started with real estate investing and what that journey looked like for you? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, I didn't I didn't grow up with a lot of money and my parents were never into investing at all, never mind real estate. They actually never bought a house the whole time I was growing up. So I didn't know anything about real estate and I didn't really know much about investing. All I knew was to save my money. And what happened was after my husband and I got married, we were living in Washington DC at the time and we set out to buy our first house. And we, you know, being in our 20s, we thought, ooh, let's buy a cool loft or a condo. And, you know, we're looking around and our our real estate agent um, talked some good sense into us. And he said, you know, those things are nice. But, you know, what about thinking a little bit more long term? You know, D.C. has a lot of these row homes. And have you considered something like that? Maybe a little bit more space and a lot of these row homes come with um, a basement in-law suite that you could then rent out for a little extra income. And so we didn't even think of it as real estate investing at the time. We were just like, hey, that sounds pretty good. We could get a house and we could get this extra space that we could rent out. And so that's really how we started. And that's now they call that house hacking, where you buy something like a duplex, you live in one unit and you rent out the other. And so we tried that out and we loved it. Our tenants from that first property are still some of our good friends and it worked out beautifully. And so we did that a few more times, first in DC and now here in California. And that's when we really started to get the hang of things and started to learn what this whole landlording thing was about. Sure. And so then we we took it out of state because, as as you may know, it's crazy expensive mm-hmm. to invest here in the Bay yep. Area. So we started to invest out of state. And that quickly unraveled into this whole nother ball of wax. Um, I had no idea how much work it was going to be. Um, They always tell you, you know, with out-of-state rentals, you know, you buy right and you get a property manager and then you let it sort of run itself. And I was like, yeah, I, you know, we've done this house hacking thing. Surely I can do this out of state rental thing. (laughs) Um, And so famous last words, right? And so then what happened was we started to invest in um, Huntsville, Alabama. I had never lived in Huntsville before, but we traveled there a few times and checked it out, got a great property manager and started to buy some smaller properties. And things were going well for a little while. And then, (laughs) and then things weren't, people were not paying. We had one person who um, was not paying for months and months. And we had to finally make this decision to evict her. Mm. And the day before we were going to evict her, she stopped up all the sinks and the (gasps) tubs in her unit, left the water running and took off. My gosh. And she flooded not only her unit, but the unit next door to that and the unit next door to that. Wow. 
So, so I say all this because I got into this, uh, this rental property thing thinking it would be easy, mm. but it really wasn't. Right. And so that's when I set out because with two young kids, the last thing yeah. I want to do is spend all day on the phone with my property manager. And so I thought there's, there's gotta be another way or, sure. or else I got to just take my money out and put it in the stock market or something. And so that's when I found another path, something I had never heard of before in the 10 years I've been investing in real estate, which is something called real real estate syndications. And these are just basically group investments. And I learned that I could be a passive investor. So I could just put my money in and then a professional asset manager would manage the asset on my behalf. And so that's where we've diverted most of our energy is to taking our money and putting it into these passive real estate syndications. Okay, so let's back up for a second. So one, I'm thinking you live in California. What made you pick Huntsville, Alabama? I mean, that's so far away. So what what made you go, let's do this here? Yeah, that is such a good question. And so when I first, I made the decision, okay, we're going to start investing out of state. And then I thought, where the heck should we invest? Right. You know, and so then I started to do some research. And if you're, if you're interested in investing in real estate, the, one of the best resources is a site called Bigger Pockets. Mm. And so I dug through Bigger Pockets. There's forums, there's blog posts, there's a ton of information on there. And I found a link to a great book called Emerging Real Estate Markets by Dave Lindahl. And I, tore through that book and it talks all about how to research different markets. So you look at things like job growth, population growth, job diversity. You look at things like um, physical barriers to growth, like a mountain or an ocean. And so I looked through a bunch of different metros and Huntsville really stood out because it really ticked off a lot of the criteria. So Huntsville is a smaller market, but there's a lot of job growth there, mainly because the aerospace industry yes. there is mm-hmm. there. So NASA is there, Boeing is there. And so there's a lot of job growth and that brings the population growth. But on top of that, it's not just the aerospace industry. There's a lot of other industries there. So that covers the job diversity. And then the one thing that really sets Huntsville apart is the Redstone Arsenal. So a lot of these other cities in the Southeast, they don't have that physical barrier to growth because they're landlocked. There's not a whole lot of um, mountain ranges, except maybe the Smoky Mountains. Um, sure. But, you know, they can just sprawl and keep Mm. growing and growing. But Huntsville, because this redstone arsenal takes up, if you look at a map of Huntsville, the redstone arsenal takes up this huge plot of land Mm. right next to downtown Huntsville. And it's all government land. And so at a certain point, as the population continues to grow, Mm -hmm. they're just not going to be able to build. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. Okay. So now are you still renting out or did you pull out after that whole fiasco? Oh, oh no. We've still got 25 <laughs> rental units in Huntsville. 25. Oh my 25, gosh. 25. And okay. I just, we just had another HVAC breakdown the oh, other no. week. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm going to jump into the lessons that you learned, but let's just talk about this for a minute. Um, yeah. Would you recommend, uh, 
doing rental properties this far away? You know, I, I definitely have learned a lot, but, um, would I do it again? Maybe not. Um, I think because now I realize how precious my time is as a, as a busy working mom. And I just, I didn't realize how much, it's not that I'm on the phone all day, every day with my property manager, but even if they just call me to tell me, Hey, the, the HVAC broke down. What do you want to do about it? Mm -hmm. You know, that, clouds the rest of my day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I have to think about it. I have to file the insurance paperwork. It's just, it's too much mind share that it takes up. Mm -hmm. And so I wish that I could sort of offload these 25 units and put it all into these passive investments. But you know, I am where I am. (laughs) So do you think you'll ever do that though? Like sell them all off and put the money into that? Yes. Yes. It okay. is. Uh, at some point we will. Right now we're still stabilizing. So the profit is not there, but we will. Oh, at gotcha. some point. Okay. So we kind of learned a lesson with that. Um, uh, did you ever get that girl to pay back anything or could you never track her down? Oh no, she was gone. She's gone. <laughs> and she's not the only one, believe it or not. That we had other vandalism. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I just think like, how rude is that? I mean, not only are you not paying, Mm-hmm. And you're now going to ruin, I mean, that's just so, I don't know. <laughs> this is where like, you know, when you're dealing with the public, right? Like yeah, you're kind right? of like right. mind blown. You're like, you're yep. not dealing with people mm-hmm. that are like you. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, okay. So we talked about the lesson that you learned with that. Um, I'm sure though, you've learned a lot through this process though. So what would you say your biggest lessons have been that you would want people to know that like, if they're thinking like, should we do this? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, I think, I think the biggest lesson is the value of my time. You know, I, I think I went into this thinking, yeah, I could do this. No problem. Everybody else on bigger pockets, you know, they talk about all the time and how to do it and people are doing this and surely I'll get really good cash flow. And that's really what I focused on going in was I can look at all this passive cash flow I can generate for my family. And that's where my focus was, but I had neglected to think about the time and the energy that I would need to put into it. And it just kills me when there's times when I've been on the phone with, Mm. you know, my insurance agent or property manager, and I hear my kids playing outside my office door and it just kills me. And so I think that's the biggest lesson is now I realize the value of my time. Yeah, I I do. I I can see that. Like, and I agree that um, I think as you have kids and you, you realize there's only so much time in a day, um, Mm -hmm. that, that changes your priorities and stuff like that. I guess too, like thinking back, if you were to start again, would you Mm -hmm. not even deal with doing the real estate investing like this? And you would do it how you were saying, what, what is it called again? Passive investing. Uh, Yes. Passive investing. Is that the way that you would be saying for all of us listening to go that direction? So are you listening thinking, yes, I have ideas in my head and I have business ideas that I really want to pursue. I just don't know where to begin. Well, I have a program perfect for you. It's called Gainful Growth. And what it is, is is a step-by-step system to help you start a profitable business. So if you guys missed the episode with Allie Worthington, 
You guys need to go check that out after this episode. She is the one who created this system. And on the episode, she talks about why she created it, especially for women and moms who don't have time and they just need something simple to run their ideas through to see if they could actually work. So if you're thinking, I want to start a business or I want to have a great income doing what matters, or possibly you just want to make your dreams a reality, Gainful growth is perfect for you. So some of the things that you will get with gainful growth is you will be able to figure out if your idea is worthwhile to pursue. So I know many of us have different ideas floating around in our head. So this will help you narrow that down. Also, will your idea even work? Also, to figure out how to do this and not waste any time and money or energy, and if this idea will actually be successful. So this is where Gainful Growth will have you covered. And what's awesome about this is it's not overwhelming. I love the layout. I've done it myself. And you can go at your own pace. And Allie has given us, the Mom Inspired Show listeners, a discount. So if you go to gainfulgrowth.com, use Mom Inspired at the checkout, you're going to get this program for only $99 versus $249. You know, my business partner, um, who's also a working mom, she has three kids. She did exactly that. So she started out also about 10 years ago with house hacking. And then instead of doing all these out-of-state rentals, she went directly into passive investing. I mean, she dabbled a little in rental properties here and there, but nothing like the scale of the portfolio that we've built. And so she went directly into um, this passive investing. And Oh man, I remember last summer she was she was um in Hawaii with her kids sitting poolside and she's telling me, you know, she just keeps getting these dings on her phone. Ding, another deposit from one of her investments. Ding, another deposit and she has to do nothing. Wow. You, you know, so every month she gets these cash flow checks and she doesn't have to worry about any of the tenant turnover, any of the toilets, nothing like that. So I would absolutely, if I had it to do over again, I would go directly into the passive investing. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to break this down because similar to Natalie, you know, a lot of things can go over your head when you're not familiar with any, any of this verbiage or just any of these kind of, you know, conversations. So if you can break this down to a very simple level, so say, okay, Mm -hmm. say I were to come to you and, um, how much money would you say you would recommend having uh, to come to the table to start this process? Like if you if you could wave a magic wand that it's not crazy, but and it's realistic, how much money would you say, Amber, okay, I think you should get to this amount uh, before you come to me before we start this? what What would that look like? Well, so there's there's two ways to go about it. Um, so what we do is we um, put together these private real estate syndications or these group investments. Okay. And so these are not publicly advertised anywhere. You'd have to come to us to sure. um, be a part of them. And so as part of that, because we don't have the resources to get thousands and thousands of investors, yep. our minimum is a little bit higher. So a minimum investment with us would be $50,000. Okay. But on the other hand, if you are just starting out and you want to like test the waters and see what this real estate thing is about, 
Um, there are public um, platforms. Uh, it's called real estate crowdfunding. And so Fundrise, F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E, Fundrise, is a great place to start. Um, and they have very low minimums, as low as $500 to get started. And uh, it operates sort of similar to how we operate, except they are a fund. So they're buying lots of different properties. And so your money is sort of spread out across lots of different properties versus when you invest with us, then we are putting your money into a single property, like a single apartment building. Okay. So and let me back up for a second. So the people that who is buying the apartment that say my money would be going to? Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. So there is, so we are part of what's called a um, sponsor team for each real estate syndication deal. So let's say that um, there's an apartment building that's listed for sale. Then we come together, the sponsor team comes together and we say, okay, do we think that we have the resources to buy this building? And so we agree on that. We put the building under contract. And um, just like when you're buying a single family home, you go through the process of inspecting that building, doing all your due diligence, getting the financing, the, the paperwork all into place. So we, as the sponsor team, we are doing that. Mm. And meanwhile, we're also then telling our friends and family and our investor database about this opportunity. And so our investors don't have to do any of those inspections, the appraisals, the lender paperwork, none of that. So as an investor, you just look at the deal. You look at, okay, this is an apartment building in, say, Dallas, Texas, and it's 400 units and it's in this neighborhood. So you're really just looking at overall, what is this property and what is this sponsor team planning to do with it? So often we're planning to renovate a lot of the units um, and improve the property overall. So you're, as an investor, you're just evaluating that piece and then you just decide, do I want to invest in this or not? Okay. So let's say I'm coming to you. I, I have $50,000. So mm -hmm. I'm giving you the $50,000. Walk me through what would be the next step? Like what, how do you figure out what I might be investing in? Great question. So it actually works the other way. So you don't write me a check first. Oh, okay. Um, you basically, what we do is when we have a deal that is ready, um, for funding, then we will send an email out to you. And in that email, we'll describe the, the property and the opportunity, and we'll give you what's called an investment summary deck. So it's a, basically a PDF that has all the details about the property and the market and the business plan and the team that's going to be operating this. So you'll get to read through all of that. And then if you're interested, then you can let me know. Then you say, hey, Annie, I think I want to invest in this. I would like to put in 50000 So we do that through something that we call a soft reserve. So at this point, you're just saying, you put up your hand and you say, hey, I'm interested, but you still haven't sent me any money yet. 
So you say you're interested, and I say, great. So now I've got Amber over here who wants to put in 50000 I've got Todd over there who wants to put in 100000 and John with 50000 And I'm so I'm just um, creating this list of people who might be interested. And then once I have this list, and it's first come, first serve, so once I have enough um, people who have committed, then I'll go back to you and I say, Amber, so you've ha- now had a little bit more time mm-hmm. to think about it. Are you still interested in investing that 50000 And so at that time, you can commit and you say, yes, I still want to invest in this deal. Um, what's next? So then the next step is then we would send you the legal documents. So these are um, just legal documents that show how you are tied to this group investment, what your role is as a passive investor, what the risks are, all of that good stuff. And so you sign those legal documents. And then at only at that point, after you've signed the legal documents, then you would send in your funds. Um, and then after that, that's really the last of your active responsibility in the investment. So after that, I say it's like when you um, sponsor a child in a foreign country, you know, you get those monthly updates and the pictures every year. It's sort of like that. So after you invest, every month we'll send you an email with some pictures of the property, with some details about, you know, the, the units that we've improved, all of that stuff. So you get that every month and then every quarter you'll get a little bit Uh, a detailed financial statement if you care to look through that. And then every year you'll get um, what's called a schedule K-1 for your taxes that should just shows your income and your losses. And that's it. Okay. So when it comes to actually making money, so you were talking about your friend getting pinged on her phone. Okay. (laughs) So walk me through what that looks like. So I give you $50,000 and there's other investors and say we buy a, an apartment building in Dallas, like what you're saying. Yes. When, when does money start coming in and how does that look like, what does that look like? Yeah. So I'm going to use $100,000 as the example because the math is easier. Yes. Yep. Okay. So let's say you invested $100,000 And um, so what that looks like is typically we're looking at a um, return of about 8% per year. So on $100,000, you can expect to get about $8,000 in what's called cash flow returns per year. And usually that's on a monthly basis. So every month you would get approximately $667. And um, then, so one thing we didn't talk about was um, these investments don't last forever. It's not like you put in your fifty or hundred thousand dollars, and that's it. That's in there for the rest of your life. Actually, it's quite the opposite because um, we're trying to what we're trying to do with a lot of these investments is try to improve them as quickly as possible, and then that improves the property value, and then we turn around and sell it for a profit. And so usually we're looking at a five-year hold or shorter. And so let's say that we hold it for five years. So every year you're getting $8,000 through those monthly checks. And then at the end of the five years, then we say, okay, 
let's the market looks good. Let's go ahead and sell this. So at that point, you would get another prob depending on how much it sells for, probably another forty to sixty thousand dollars on top of getting your original hundred thousand dollars back. So altogether, if you factor in the cash flow returns year every year plus the profits from the sale, you're essentially doubling your money from $100,000 to $200,000 within those five years. Okay. So if you're saying though, um, if you're making um, Mm $8,000 a year, right? Times five is 40, right? So 40,000. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's, so where, how are you making up? So if you've, let's say the hundred thousand, right? You've put in a hundred thousand, you've only made back 40,000 just off of that portion, Um, so where are you? So in the sale of the building, Mm -hmm. is that where you're going to, where you're thinking you're going to make that 160,000? Yes, that's exactly right. So in, in the sale, um, typically we see an additional 40 to $60,000 off of that hundred thousand dollar investment. Okay. So once it's sold, you would get your hundred thousand dollar original hundred thousand dollars back Plus, you would get another forty to sixty thousand dollars. Okay, so what is so that's definitely a pro, right? Like if you can have, if you can get the money, if you can have fifty thousand, what is a con of doing it this way? You know, I think one thing is with with a passive investment, it's passive, so you have to realize that you're not going to be in control. In fact, you don't get a vote in anything. You just you really just you put your money, money and your trust <laughs> yeah. in with yep. this sponsor team, which is why we take so much time and energy to sure. really vet these partners that we work with. And so that's, that's the potential con is, you know, I've seen, unfortunately, some people invest with people who were not doing this for the right reasons. Mm. And, um, they, you know, they didn't take care of the property and they didn't take care of their investors. So that is a potential risk because you're not in control. You're really just investing with someone. So that is something to think about. Okay. Um, yeah, because that does stand out to me. Um, so would you say this is similar almost to, so if people are kind of like, okay, I have my 401k and I have my money in mutual funds and stuff like that. Do you feel like this is a a good opportunity to kind of put your eggs in different baskets type of thing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's actually diversification is actually one of the big benefits of passive investing because, you know, I mentioned all of the work that I put into researching Huntsville and it was a a lot. I have pages and pages of notes and it took me a long time to settle on that market. But when I invest passively in these real estate syndications, I can rely on the expertise of all these different teams in different markets. And so they've done all the legwork. Mm. And so I can really then just leverage them and their experience and their expertise. And now, you know, I'm not just invested in Huntsville. I'm invested in Florida. I'm invested in uh, Dallas. Like I said, I'm invested in San Antonio. So I'm really able to, like you said, 
put my eggs um, in more baskets. Right. And also you mentioned the 401ks um, and mutual funds. And yep. another way that I, another hack that people are not aware of is that you can actually invest in these real estate syndications with your retirement funds. Oh, And so that's how I really kind of started. I was like, hey, well, I have this bucket of money over here in my 401k. Um, I could try this whole thing out. And so basically what you do is you can roll it over into what's called a self-directed IRA. And so once you do that, then it's self-directed. So that means that you can decide what you want to put that money in. And this is not for everyone because, you know, if you're, if you want somebody else to make those decisions for you, right. you're better off in yep. a 401k or an IRA where somebody else can do it for you. But if you really want the control to say, hey, I want to put my money in real estate or in gold or in crypto, you know, then you can do this um, self-directed IRA. That makes sense. Um, so would that be similar, though, to what you're doing? It's just like. I guess, how is that different? Like if somebody were to say, I'm going to take the money that I currently have in my retirement and move it over to self-directed IRA, how does that look different than what you're doing? That's that's exactly the same. It's just oh. where the money is coming from. It's whether you're, you know, when you when in the example that we had where you said you wanted to invest invest fifty thousand. Yeah. Well, then I would say, Amber, do you want to invest that with cash that you have, oh. you know, cash in your savings, or okay. do you want to invest with um, a self directed IRA? And so then you could let me know where the money is coming from. I see. Okay, so. Um, are you going to get penalized, though, if you're taking money from your 401k to move it to a self-directed IRA? Yeah. So y you shouldn't move money if with your existing employer. This is only oh. like if you've moved jobs and, you know, yeah, you so use that something money over. is what yes. you're saying. Oh, yes. so you won't get penalized with that. Right. Because it's already sort of done. You should yes. already have rolled it over into yes. something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, I have that from my previous job. So does my husband. So that's the money that you would be saying you need to move to the self-directed IRA and then to pay you. So now when you pay me though, right? Mm -hmm. Or when you pay yeah. me out, is so that's staying all within... So yeah, how do how do you pay? Because it's like, because so if you're dealing is versus like cash, right? If if I gave you yes, cash, yes. you probably would cut me a check or something yep. like that, okay? Mm -hmm. But when it's now in, so we have Vanguard. If it's in Vanguard, mm -hmm. how are you paying? Are you are you still cutting me a check and then I'm depositing, yes. or how does that work? No, no, this is such a good question. I'm so glad you asked because I can tell you're really thinking about it. Um, so no, when you invest with a self-directed IRA, then the cash flow goes right back into that account. Mm. If I were to give it to you, then you would have you would get taxed and penalized yes, on it. Right. Which so, I don't want. <laughs> right. So the cash flow checks are made out directly to your self-directed IRA account. I see. Okay. So in a perfect world, if somebody were to come to you and say, okay, I do have $50,000 that I have in a self-directed IRA. I want to mm -hmm. do this. Um, we're going to wait five years, right? For you to sell it off. Now, yes. now if somebody could have more money somehow, mm -hmm. um, would you say it's like good to like do another investment if they could? So it's, they're not just waiting for that one to come back, right? Like if you have right. the money. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have the money it's and you want to put it into multiple ones, I would highly recommend that you diversify. So that's what we do. You know, we I have 50,000 of my self-directed IRA in um, in a syndication in Huntsville. My husband has um, a few um self-directed IRA investments in apartment buildings as well as self-storage units. And we have some cash investments that are in some apartment buildings in Dallas. And so we're really spreading it out so that in case something goes wrong with one of them, we still have all these others that are doing well. I see. So I guess I'm just thinking about this and thinking it through. Um, Is the $50,000 paying also for you to do that? Or is there a fee on top of that that needs to be separated? Right. No. So we work kind of like you as a travel agent, you know, people don't pay you up front. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So the way that we get paid is I mentioned we're part of that sponsor group. And so for all of the work that the sponsor group puts in, you know, to finding the property, to finding the brokers and doing all the lending paperwork, um, then there's a um, what's called an acquisition fee that's Mm. built in. Okay. And so when you as an investor, you're looking at the projected returns, that's already factoring in the acquisition fee and the asset management fees. And so you don't really have to worry about paying an extra fee. There is no extra fee that you pay us. Okay. Yeah. Because I'm just thinking like, how does that work if you are using your money from your 401k and then, so you're taking that, moving it to a self-directed IRA, and then you're having to cut from that to pay somebody I feel like you probably would get dinged, right? Yeah. Like that wouldn't work very well. Okay. So I just wanted to make sure that everybody understands this. So, um, so this was really good. I think that that really does help to kind of understand that whole process. And again, you know, I've heard of people say like uh, investing in real estate and my husband's even said that, but I'm just kind of like, that is so vague. I don't even know what yeah. you mean. Like, yeah. wh- so where yeah. do you go invest right. in real estate in 401k? <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, if you, if that's not your job or you're super passionate about, it is very hard to understand all this. I'm surprised I made it through as much as I did. <laughs> yeah, you did great. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Well, and I'm just hoping that like other people can see like, uh, you know, yeah. that's not my strength. I, I am not an expert in it. And so I am hoping to ask the questions that other people are kind of like, wait a minute. So how do these even, you know, how, like, how are they even connecting and all that? So I'm glad that you even said that about the self-directed because a lot of people don't have $50,000 to just right. hand over, you know, from yes. cash. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So as we close, I wanted to mm-hmm. ask you, um, so if you were starting and to start thinking about this, um, what is your thoughts with, you know, you were talking about the fund, what is it called? Um, fund rise, fund rise. And so, um, if somebody's kind of like, well, even with the self-directed IRA, I don't know if I want to do the 50,000 yet. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you're sitting there cause we, we, we talked about it like before, you know, it's not like you had a ton of money. So if somebody's kind of like, I don't know what to do, what would you, what would you suggest to somebody to at least start to get the ball rolling? 
I love this because this is exactly what my business partner, Julie, and I talked about the very first time that we met to talk about creating our business. And we said, you know, there's so many moms out there who could really benefit from um, creating this passive income. We just had a mom the other day email us and say, you know, she's been investing in multiple syndications with us and she's about to lose her job and she has a baby on the way. But through this passive income, she's able to cover her rent. And how amazing is that, that that she doesn't have to worry about her rent? And so, you know, we we started out by talking about how do we serve these moms who are so busy, they don't have time to research all this stuff, but they really need something like this to create that passive income, to create that cushion and that buffer in their lives. And so we set out to create a bunch of educational resources. And so if you were to go to our site, it's goodegginvestments.com. We have a ton of blog posts and videos, and we just released a um, a free email course. It's called Passive Real Estate Investing 101. So if you're new to this and you're really just trying to dip your toes in, I would say that's a great place to start. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And they definitely should check out that. Did you say it's an e-course or e-webinar? It's an, uh, yeah, it's an email series. Oh, it's an email series. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's really great. I mean, I just think this could really open up a lot of people's eyes and just kind of give them a whole different perspective of, you know, investing that they might have not been aware of. And so um, as we as we close, what do you feel like this has done for your family, especially realizing the syndicated part, not just doing, you know, actual houses that you're managing through a property manager and all that? Like, what do you feel like this has given you by finding, um, you know, finding this strategy of doing things? Yeah, well, you know, it ties back, we're coming full circle, because this ties back to us getting to spend a month in Spain this summer. You know, that wouldn't be possible without some of the passive income that we're generating and without us um, having created this business where we're, you know, not tied to a physical location where I can work from abroad. And so really, that's real estate syndications have had a huge impact on my life, on um, the passive income that we've been able to create for our family, and just that sense of security, you know, knowing that, you know, if we didn't, if we weren't able to make any money from our jobs, we would still have money from our syndications coming in. And that's such a huge weight off our shoulders. That, I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that, sounds amazing and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm so glad. And, um, if people, you know, want to reach out to you, um, I'm going to put all the, your, all your information on the show notes. So you guys, if you want to reach out to Annie, make sure you go to the show notes. Um, so her episode is going to be 124. Um, and if you don't get the show notes automatically in your inbox and you do want that, uh, make sure you subscribe to the mom inspired show email list. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com. Scroll down and enter your name and email and you will be all set. And also you will get every week's podcast so you don't have to go searching for it. Annie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I mean, you really opened my eyes and really, I feel like you're going to give a lot of moms some some things to think about and, and kind of be like, maybe this is the way we need to go. So I appreciate all your information and um, educating us on all of this. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Amber. I had such a blast.
Hey, you guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, if you have not subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list, make sure to go do that right now. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com, scroll down into your name and email, and you will be all set. This way you will get every week's episode in your inbox. You won't have to go find it and all the show notes right at your fingertips. All right, I'll see you next week. 